Well, good morning. Um, it's good to be here. I want to bring greetings from Harmony, North Carolina, and our church there. Let's begin with a word of prayer. Father, we um, come to you now, and we thank you that we can be gathered here in your name, and thank you that you're here with us. Thank you for your mercies to us this morning. I pray that you would bless us, Lord, even calm my trembling heart. In Jesus' name, amen. So I have a little something maybe to share. Um, It may not be anything new, but hopefully it will be a blessing. Um, I'll be going through a number of different scriptures. So bear with me. We may be turning to different passages. So I am doing a little bit of cherry picking this morning as far as scriptures, grabbing a verse here and a verse there. So um, bear with me. I think it fits in the context of what I'm wanting to share on, but it, it, it's not like I'm covering every passage, the full context of that. But I wanted to say this morning, isn't it exciting to be a Christian today? The Bible speaks of the joy of the Lord is our strength, and I think we need to remember to keep that strength, keep that joy in front of us. Um, Let us turn to Ephesians chapter 1. I'm going to start there. It's kind of our text. kind of a big portion here that I want to read, but I think it kind of lays the foundation for what I want to share on. So some of what I want to share on is our position in Christ, and I don't have a whiteboard, but that's okay. I think um, the diagram that I have is pretty simple, so I think you could mentally picture it once I explain what I have on that. So we're going to read Ephesians chapter 1, the full chapter, and then we're going to read part of chapter 2. Um, We'll start in 1. We're going to start at verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, According to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself." that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth and even in him, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will 
that we should be to the praise of his glory, who first trusted in Christ, in whom ye also trusted, that after ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance, until the redemption of the purchased possession, unto the praise of his glory. Wherefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what it the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward, who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world but also in that which is to come. And he hath put all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. <clears throat> Excuse me, I have a tickle in my throat. <clears throat> Which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. <coughs> and you, chapter 2, and you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation or lifestyle in time past in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, but God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace are ye saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might, that's the Lord, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmen, workmanship, <clears throat> some water please, workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained, <clears throat> that we should walk in them. So, the diagram that I would um, like to have you mentally picture is, um, is, I like to think of it as Christ and God, the Godhead, the Trinity, as the triangle, and just for a mental picture, 
Let's put that somewhere. Let's just say we have a board here. Let's put that somewhere. Where are we going to put that? At the top, at the bottom, in the middle. Need some feedback. Where are we going to put God? At the top. Of course, he's the greatest. He's the creator. And then um, we have angels. And we have mankind. And we have this earth. So what order are we going to put them in? Where are we going to put angels? Where do they come in line of our graph? So God's at the top. Now where do angels come in? At the bottom? No, they come in, I think, right in the middle. And then um, we have man. And I'll... <clears throat> I have a few verses that I'll <clears throat> read with that. Then we have man... And we have him coming at almost the bottom, and then we have the earth under man. <clears throat> so if we can mentally picture that, God, angels, man, earth. So now we're turning to Jude chapter 9. We'll catch a verse um, there. And this is mainly... Um, I guess part of what I'm driving at with this is where, where the, the battle line of conflict is. Even the devil, what power does he have? Sometimes we get the, I've, get, I've gotten the idea that the devil is, of course he's stronger than me, but is it Jesus and the devil are on this playing field and Jesus or the devil wins, you know, they're fighting? No. Let's look at Jude, chapter, uh, Jude verse 9. Yet Mike, Michael the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses, durst not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, The Lord rebuke thee. So we see Michael the archangel is contending with the devil on that middle field. We just got done reading in Ephesians, Christ is seated in the heavenlies with God. His right hand is God. Far above. I love that word, that word picture. Far above. I mean, it's not even like you can't even compare it. It's far above. So we see that the angels, it's the conflict there. Revelation 12, verse 7. And this was speaking of the and there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. <clears throat> and the dragon fought and his angels and prevailed not. Neither was their place found in heaven anymore. And anyway, it goes on. It was cast out. But we see that. That's just showing where that playing field is. It's the God's angels and Satan is a fallen angel. And that's, he's not equal with God. He's not even close. Christ is far above. And man, we'll talk about him a little bit. Psalm uh, chapter 8, verses 4 and 5. And there is um, multiple places that kind of reference the same idea on man.
Psalm chapter 8. We'll start at um, verse 4. What is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visitest him? For thou made him a little lower than the angels, and crowned him with glory and honor. And thou made him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. They'll put all things under his feet. <coughs> Excuse me. And then Hebrews two, uh, Hebrews two, verse six, basically says the same thing. So um, we see that man is underneath the angels. He's lower than the angels, and the earth and taking dominion of the earth is below man's feet. And that's the command that God had given mankind in the beginning in the garden to take dominion of the earth and subdue it. So I guess what I'm sharing this morning is for believers. If you're here today and you're not a believer in the Lord Jesus, you're down on the bottom. Yeah, you may have dominion of the earth, but spiritually speaking, the devil is much greater than you. But if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus and you're walking with God, what we read in Ephesians there, where he raises, raised us up to sit with him in heavenly places. And when we're in Christ Jesus, that heavenly place means far above, unmeasurably. We are way up there. Yes, we're stuck in these bodies. And our bodies, I don't, I don't believe our bodies are converted. We're supposed to beat them into subjection. Um, so our flesh is down still on that graph still down here but in our spirit we are up above and we can in the name of Jesus overcome the enemy we, we get to be seated with Christ in the heavenlies and I, I love that I'm so thankful for that Romans 6 speaks of resurrection and new life Corinthians 15 his verses on the resurrection. Let us turn to 1 Peter 1, verse 3. There's one thing about Peter that I really like some of his word pictures. <clears throat> we'll, we'll just kind of jump right in verse 3, 1 Peter. One, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of, Christ, of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. One word picture that Peter uses, and I really like it, is he used the word lively. Here we have lively hope. It doesn't sound like a dead, dull hope, but it's a lively hope. It's alive. It doesn't sound like something that's just about ready to die. It sounds like something that's alive and well. Peter also talks later, um, when we read about 
the holy priesthood that God has for us in 1 Peter um, 2, chapter 2, flipping over there a little bit, he uses the same word lively again, chapter 2, verse verse 5. Ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. So here we have lively stones. I don't know what that looks like, but if God wants to make me a lively stone, that's okay. Um, I was thinking about something. This is maybe a little bit, I don't know if this kind of ties in, is for the non-believers, the thing that will draw them to Christ is the goodness of God. Today we're in the day of grace. Today there's a lot of evil happens. Why does God allow evil in the world? One reason is because today is the day of salvation. When God judges the earth, it will be too late. And there will, that day of grace will end at some point. We don't know when, but one day it's going to end. And his wrath will be poured out. But right now the Bible speaks of the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. And it says in Psalms 34, O oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Romans 2, verse 4, it talks about the goodness of God that leads, leads us to repentance. And Peter 2, verse 3, talks about, If so be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. So if you're here today and you're not a believer, try God. Try tasting the goodness of God. In closing here, um, 2 Peter 3, verse 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Our God is a redeeming God, and I'm thankful this morning for the resurrection of Christ. I'm thankful that in Christ he made a way. I could... There's a lot could be shared on this. I feel like I'm just scratching the surface and I cover a lot of different scriptures and by all means have not... feels like didn't really even do justice to it. But hopefully it can be a blessing on realizing what position that Christ made. I think um, Hebrews talks about there's a couple different passages talks about what God did and, and, and what provision that he made that maybe I got my reference wrong on that but what provision that he made for us because he was made like a man subjected to himself in a physical body to, to be tempted to be tried by sin except that he didn't sin with the tempta- you know, he had temptations as a man because then he was able, the King James used the word succor them out of temptation means deliver them because he went through it in this flesh. 
but he overcame and he lived that perfect life and is now seated at the right hand of God and in Christ we're seated with him. Thank you and God bless you.